Hey guys, welcome back to Topics with Tim, Next Level Health. Thank you for joining me once again. I, in this podcast, am doing another Athlean X review, month two of Max Size. Now, I previously went through the whole Max Size program in one podcast way back when, a few months ago. So, if you want to go back and get more of an overview of the entire thing in one podcast, then definitely scroll back, find that one, Athlean X Max Size. However, I decided to repeat the program because I loved it so much, and now I'm doing a month-by-month breakdown. So I'm getting even more specific and even more detailed with these workouts. So if you want to scroll back and hear about month one, probably posted that about a month ago. So definitely scroll back and find Athlean X Max Size Part 1 if you want to hear about Part 1 first. But Part 2, so I did Part 1. Now what I'm doing differently with these workouts this time as opposed to what I did in the past was normally in the past when I did it, I did the first month, the second month, and the third month all in three months. This time, however, I wanted to experience what it was like if I doubled that, if I did month one for two months straight, did month two for two months straight, and then I'm going to do month three for two months straight as well. And the main reason I did this is there's a lot of research to, you know, keeping, at least for a good period of time, at least a month, maybe two, keeping the same routine because you initially, when you switch to a new workout regimen, you incur a lot of muscle damage, which makes you feel very sore and actually takes a week or two to kind of get over that, to get to the point where you, your brain knows the movements, your body can recover from that initial muscle damage that was done in the first couple of weeks. That's when the muscle building happens. So just doing one routine for a month, although that can work, I would argue that you actually want to extend that out, I'd say at least a couple of weeks to get the full benefit of the muscle building. Now, of course, there are other variables that go along with this. For example, if you get super bored after doing the same routine for one month, then yeah, switch it up to the next month. If that's what's going to keep you in the gym is a change in that routine, then screw that. Just just change it up. It's not going to make that significant of a difference if you do that. However, again, I'm someone I like to be able to do the same routine over a longer period of time so I can really track my progressive overload. I'm one of those guys in the gym that has my notebook and my pen, and I'm writing down each each exercise I do. I'm writing down the weight I did. I'm writing down my, my reps, the number of sets, and I'm even leaving notes as far as how difficult that set was. So I know when I come back to it again, that I can go, okay, I was able to hit seven reps on that, on the you know incline bench press that time. I'm going to go for eight this time, or I'm going to up the weight this time. So it's really, really important to track your workout so you know what you did last time and you know what you're trying to beat, or even, even just to maintain some days. Some days I know based on the work that I do or my lack of sleep or I didn't get to eat enough. I, I know sometimes like I'm probably not going to be able to perform at my best, but at the very least, I can do exactly what I did last time to at least maintain, and then next time, prepare a little bit better, make sure I'm a little bit more hydrated, make sure I get more rest, so when I attack it the second time, then I can, boom, get that extra rep in, get that extra, that higher weight in, and muscle building after the first few months of your beginner, gets it's pretty slow, it's, we're talking, you know, I can do one rep, one extra rep a week kind of thing, and that that's growth. And but you have to be able to track that. If you're not tracking that, then those those minor improvements, the extra rep that you can do this week as opposed to last week, you won't be able to 
remember all that or unless you have a great fantastic memory then all you know props to you for that but if you're not someone who has this outstanding memory you know picture memory whatever they called then you want to track it because then again it's those small little I just did one extra rep this week I did an extra rep next week now I'm going to up the weight the following week so again I like to do the same routine for at least two months so I can really track that progressive overload. I can really fine tune my routine, fine tune, you know, what did I eat in the morning and how did that affect my workout? What did I, how much did I drink in the morning? I like to nail down all those variables and it's tough if you're constantly switching up your routine to really nail down the variables that are affecting your performance in the gym. So that's why I wanted to do a double month for each month so I could again track that progressive overload. So month two. Now, when I first did month two way back when, almost almost a year ago, maybe six months ago. Yeah, probably more like six to eight months ago. I hated month two. I thought month two was the worst. It's so interesting because now after, and maybe it could have been, I was just so tired of doing month one for two straight months that any sort of change made me excited. But month two, I freaking love month two. I am I already got through the first month of month two. I'm excited to do a second month. I'm seeing results. I'm I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. So it's interest it's so fascinating to me that six months ago I hated month two. I thought it was the worst. And now all of a sudden, with you know the amount of knowledge I've accrued since then, the amount of experience I've accrued, now I love it. Right? It's it's fascinating to me. Why would I hate it one day, love it, you know, six months later? Well, again. My, my knowledge has increased. My experience has increased. And now I'm, I'm seeing why these workouts are set up the way they are. And I'll explain a little bit of that. So let's just start off with the overall game plan for this month. So this month, last month, was the uh, more bro split sort of back and um, what was it? Let me go back real quick. So just to jog my own memory here. So, you know, chest and back quads and hamstrings, rest, biceps, triceps, shoulders, traps. So bro split. So this is actually pretty similar, but we are switching up a couple muscle groups. So obviously in month one, we're doing chest and back together. However, now we are doing chest and triceps together. And this makes a lot more sense, honestly, because the triceps are heavily involved in any sort of pressing movements. So these muscle groups work together all the time. And so it totally makes sense to have them together. And also this month too, we're doing back and biceps together. Once again, the back and biceps when doing pull movements are always working together. So it makes a lot of sense to have them on together, working on the same day, more, more compounded like that. So month two, the first day we got chest and triceps, then it goes quads and hamstrings. So kind of same as the week before. We get a rest day, same as the month before. Now we're doing shoulders and upper back, which again, kind of in includes the traps as well. So it's kind of the same thing, just relabeled a few different exercises to hit more of the upper back as opposed to just hitting the traps. But we are going to hit the traps as well. Then we have back and biceps. Then we have our day of sort of total body and then rest. Now I'm gonna not I'm not gonna lie to you. I've been skipping the total body portions a lot just because they haven't always worked out with my schedule super well. I'm working around, so I'm doing I do moving jobs tr twice a week that eat up most of the day, and I really typically can't always work out those days depending on how long the moving job goes. And also I'm moving things all day long, so I'm pretty fatigued. So trying to get a workout in, especially with like back and bicep day after doing 
moving jobs is pretty hard because I've kind of exhausted, I've fatigued those muscle groups and I, I'm, I don't have a lot of the glycogen stores anymore because I've used them up throughout the day to where I just don't have it. So it's, it's been a little bit tougher to work around doing the, that two days a week, but it's good money. So that's why I'm doing it. So I, I haven't always been doing those total body days. I've kind of been more rotating between the triceps, the quads and hams, shoulders and back and back and kind of fitting in the rest days in between with the moving jobs and, and trying to sort of balance that. So it's, it's been a little bit challenging in that regard, but I've been making it work. So let's just start off with the chest and triceps workout. Now, Jeff here is in, including sort of a different, a new stressor, uh, sort of an intensifier, if you will, in this first month. And so that's going to be sort of, it's what's called a superset or no. Yeah. A superset, sorry, not a drop set. So you start off right off the bat with a superset. Now you could make the argument because there are a lot of debate right now in the fitness world about uh, not fatiguing yourself too early on your workouts. I'm kind of more of the old school, take most things to failure. Cause I feel like if you get in your head too much about, Oh, I'm two to three reps. I feel like it kind of gets in your head and you kind of, you're not, you're just not going to put in the same effort anymore. And your, your body kind of just goes like, Oh yeah, we, we're not supposed to put in that effort. And it's already hard enough to really push yourself to true failure. Like it's already mentally challenging enough to do that, to now have this other added, well, now I have to, now I have to not do within two or three. I feel like it gets in your head and you're just, you're more likely to just do less work and, and do less and have less intensity because your, your brain's kind of like, sweet, less work. Yeah, let's do that. So I, I don't know if the whole, you know, again, I think if you're pushing, you, you always got to be pushing close to failure. So I am okay with starting off with a superset. Part of me thinks that maybe I would save this more towards the end, but, but again, I trust Jeff and he's more of an old school, take things to failure kind of guy. So I, and I respect it and it's worked for me. So start off chest first exercise. We're going with the floor fly. Now, if you saw, I did an Instagram video on the floor fly. If you haven't already, go check out my Instagram next level health with Tim, subscribe to that and go back to that floor fly video. I explain why I'm doing, why he, why he does floor flies, why I do floor flies. And essentially you can load the exercise a lot more a and B it's a lot safer on your shoulder. You have a, a shoulder capsule that can be when, when you're on a bench and you're stressed and your hands, you know, your palms aren't facing are facing each other as opposed to facing out on a regular press with your elbows tucked in. We're, we're changing the stress on the shoulder and it just puts your shoulder in a pretty vulnerable position. So to me, although you can get a little bit of an extra stretch on the chest muscle when you're doing it on a bench, I don't think it's worth the risk of injury of injuring that shoulder capsule. So I'm more along the mindset of I'd rather, you know, yes, I'm, you know, I'll get plenty of chest stretch doing other things. I'm not worried about it. I can load it more if I do it on the floor and I'm going to save my shoulder in the long run. And to me, it's all about longevity. It's all about sustainability. If you get hurt and you're out for a month, that's a month you can't train. But if I, but if you had just done something a little bit safer, like a floor fly, as opposed to a regular chest fly, then you save a month that you would maybe not work out because you were injured, that you still get to work out. And you can, again, you can still find other ways to get that stretch in. It's not, oh my gosh, I, I don't get that chest stretch in. So it's like, no, I find plenty of other ways to do that. So way more worth it, I think, to do the floor flies, way more safe. So for the longevity of your shoulder, floor fly, floor fly, floor fly. So I actually really like the floor fly and I like it because you can load it. 
Like I, I, I was doing yesterday, I was doing 70 pounds on in each hand with floor flies. So you really feel the contraction at the top when you're squeezing those weights together. Again, the, the reason why you do the floor fly is you get a better contraction of the chest because you're bringing it closer to midline, which is adduction of the chest, which is more of what it's designed to do. Whereas on a regular incline bench press, your dumbbells are going to get in the way to where you, your, your, your arms aren't crossing midline as much. So you're not getting as much of that full contraction and full range of motion of the pec. So that's why including, including floor flies is really great to have. So we start off with a floor fly. We immediately, so we go, we go 69 reps on that one till failure. And then with no rest in between, other than the time it takes to grab new dumbbells or you just move the dumbbells over, we do the incline bench press, the most solid, one of the best chest exercises that you can do, the dumbbell incline bench press. Again, it works your front delts as well. It gets a great stretch on both the shoulders and the chest, and it's just it's, it's perfect. Love this exercise. I will include it probably in every workout I ever do till the end of time that involves lifting weights. If it's body weight, obviously I'm, I'm using body weight. I'm not using that, but it's one of the best workouts. One of the best chest exercises that you can do has to be in your program 100%. So we're immediately going to do that six, nine reps till failure. Then we're going to take a two minute rest in between that. Because again, we, we did fatigue. We just did two straight chest workout exercises back to back with pretty heavy weights. So we're going to need a little bit longer rest time than the normal one minute that he does for these more hypertrophy. And again, these are more, it's more hypertrophy than it is strength. Again, if you're doing it, strength is going to be three to five minutes of rest, whereas hypertrophy is going to be more in that one, one to two and a half to three minutes range, which I prefer because it's more athletic and I don't stand around as much. So I'm a little bit of ADHD in that way where I just need, I don't want to stand around for three minutes waiting to, to lift. Although it's pretty great because you can lift a lot more, but that's okay. I'll sacrifice that for now. And I already got to experience that when I did the Athlean X strength uh, old school iron program which again if you want to go back i did podcast breaking down that month by month as well so go back and check that out so you can learn what it was like to do a, a pure strength building program and i really did enjoy that although i will say that at the end of it although i was very big and very strong i did not feel very mobile i felt very constricted and like i couldn't move very well so that's why i went back to max size i wanted to have i want to be more athletic i want to be able to be more mobile now, if I, I think if I did go back and do that that other one again, I'd probably inc just incorporate a lot more stretching and foam rolling to kind of increase my mobility, and maybe that would do the trick to still have the mobility. So I'll probably, again, in the future, I'll go back, I'll try old school iron again, but I'll just probably foam roll every day just to make sure that I'm staying mobile, and we'll see how that goes. So after our two-minute rest, now we're, we're kind of switch, and we're going to switch this every week, but... We're going to do three sets of the dumbbell incline bench press, but we are including another intensifier here, and that is the isometric hold. And isometric contractions are great because it, they do recruit a lot of muscle, and they're also very mentally challenging as well. So we're going to lower the weight a little bit, a little bit here. We're we're searching for about eight reps. Okay, so sometimes you might have to lower the weight a little bit here. And after finishing the eighth rep, you're going to come down a little bit, not fully. And you're going to hold that kind of lower contracted position where the weights are kind of closer to your chest as long as you can. I usually could get anywhere between 10 and 15 seconds, although I probably probably less than that because I was count I'm counting a lot faster when I'm when I'm doing that than what's probably real seconds are. So it's probably less than that. It's probably more like six to eight real seconds than the seconds I was counting. 
So we're going three sets of that. Then we are hitting it up with our standard, my probably my favorite. I mean, I, I think it's a lot of people's favorites. But it's it's the, the bench press, the regular old bench press. Love it. It just feels great. It's great for you. Again, you don't get as good of a stretch on the chest because that barbell keeps you from being able to go below uh, your elbows kind of below your your body line like you would on a dumbbell. That's why you want to definitely include the dumbbell incline or even just a dumbbell regular bench press because, again, you're going to get a little extra stretch and a little extra range of motion on your bench. But, again, the standard bench press is amazing, and you can lift a lot more than you could with uh, dumbbells too uh, just because of the fixed nature of the barbell. So we're doing five sets, six to nine reps till failure. We're doing a one-minute rest in between each set for those. Now, I forgot to mention in the previous set where we're doing the incline bench press with the isometric holds, we're actually going to have a minute and 30 rest. So you're getting a little extra time because you did spend that extra time in the isometric burnout. You're going to need a little bit more recovery for that one. So then we're going to finish with a chest finisher. I didn't really do his chest finisher just because I'm, I tend to treat these finisher times as more of my experimentation time where I just try different exercises that I've learned from various influencers like Jeff Nippert or Jeremy Ether or even Jeff's other videos. And some of his finishers tend to be a little bit tough to perform, mainly because it's tough to get all that equipment. For example, this one, it's called Peck Purgatory. You're doing an incline bench press just in the mid-range. So you're kind of almost doing half reps. Then you're doing a lower dip stretch and then a cable cross contracted. And although I'm sure that's a great workout, there's no way I'm going to be able to have an incline bench, a dip bar, and the cable machine all back to back. Right? That's just, there's no way I'm like, there's other people in the gym using this equipment. There's no way I can run from, from, and for me, the inclines like in one spot, the, the chest cable things in another spot, and then the dip bars in a whole nother spot. So I'd literally have to run across the gym before someone else is on the equipment trying to do three rounds of this. It just, it's just not practical. So I, I got to I gotta be critical in that way. Not not a practical. If you had your own home gym, very practical. But if, you are at, or if you're working out at a gym, not practical. So what I would do during this time is I've, I've been trying, I've been experimenting with some extra different chest workouts, more just doing a lot of a cable cross or single cable cross because I really want to take that chest muscle through its full range of motion, its full contracted position. And again, you're hitting it you're hitting it in, in a great position with the incline. You're hitting it with the regular bench press. You're hitting it with the floor fly. You're taking it through most of its range of motion, but you are missing that full abduction across your chest where, you know, my hand is facing the opposite wall or to the left, even though I'm facing forward, but my hand is pointed to the left of me, right? That's full abduction of the chest. So I usually always use some sort of cable to get that full abduction of the chest. And then I might throw in like some, some dips or some, you know, dip stretches. So I'll kind of, I kind of mess around with that for my chest finisher. All right. Now we're going to move on to the triceps same day here. Again, these workouts take it probably around at least an hour to an hour, 20 minutes to get through both the chest and the triceps. So for the triceps, we have dumbbell inverted kickbacks. So we're just basically laying our chest on a incline bench and we have our hands out 
to our sides with dumbbells and we're just trying to basically bring your hand up as far back as possible contracting that tricep trying to get as far back behind your body as possible that's when your your tricep is going to be in its fully contracted state is the farther behind your body you possibly can that's going to be its most shortened state so that's what we're trying to do on that again it's another superset so we're super we're immediately with either the same weight or more or less we're immediately doing on that same incline bench we're doing some incline tricep extensions, which are pretty much doing tricep extensions that you would on a flat bench. You're just doing it on an incline bench this time, just so it's just a little different. I don't, I do feel like I get a better workout doing my tricep extensions on a flat bench as opposed to the incline, but it just kind of changes it up a little bit. I don't know if it has that much effect on the tricep to be honest, but I, I do enjoy it. It's just different. And sometimes it's nice to just be a little different. So after that, again, we're resting our two minutes. And then again, we're going with our, our dumbbell inclined tricep extensions with an isometric hold. Again, we're going to eight reps. Then we're just holding in that contracted shorted state for as long as you can. And then we're getting a minute 30 rest moving on. Now we're moving on to the close grip bench press. And what you need to know about this is on a barbell, there's a center section that's sort of marked off in the very center of the bar. You want to put your thumbs, the top of your thumbs, on the very outer edge of that. And basically, wherever your hands end up, that's where you want to have your grip. I was sort of experimenting with that at the beginning, but yeah, you want to have it right there. So it's still it's very close. So again, we're emphasizing the medial and lateral head of the tricep. Not so much the long head. We already hit the long head with the tricep extensions and the inverted kickbacks. Now we're focusing on the medial and the lateral. We're also building, working kind of building our bench press strength. This close grip really helps build your regular bench press because obviously the triceps are a really important movement. So key to this one, you want to get it straight out. You want to lock out the elbows so you can get the full tricep contraction. And this, again, I, I initially didn't like the close grip bench press for a long time. Now I actually really enjoy it. Because, again, it's like, oh, yeah, I get to do more bench press. And my triceps are a lot stronger than they used to be, so I can do a lot more. Before, I just I can only put maybe 10, 10 pounds each on the side of the barbell. Because it was just, again, it's mainly tricep focused, right? You can't do a ton of weight on it. And so since I've been able to build up from that, I've really enjoyed seeing the results of, of building up on that close grip bench press. And it's also helping me with my perform on my regular bench to get better at that. So pretty exciting. Now we're moving on to the triceps finisher. This one, I pretty much did this the whole month because I just really like this one. But essentially, we're, we're using a, we're doing a tricep pushdown with the ropes or with the bar, and we're basically doing your 12 rep max. So you're going as much as you can till failure. So let's say I get the full 12 reps in. Hey, uh, I'm gonna do a 30 second rest. Then I'm gonna perform a second set, and I'm gonna try to go one and a half times the number of reps I did. So if I did 12 then I would try to get 18. But the key is I'm not actually gonna ever let that stack of weights drop down, right? I'm gonna actually hold the entire time. So my rest time becomes just holding the ropes close to my chest and waiting till my triceps recover enough to where I can bust out a few more reps. But I'm never letting that weight stack drop down to where there's now no resistance on the ropes. So you just, you just kind of grind it out. You hold it as long as you can. Bust out a couple more. Hold it. Bust out a couple more. And you try to push for that 18. So it's a, it's a grinder. That's for sure. It's, it's, a, it's a grinder. But it's a really good one. I like it a lot. 
All right, so that's chest day, chest and triceps. Again, two muscle groups working together. Works really, really well. Day two, quads and hamstrings. And this is a lot different from month one. So the, the, the problem with month one that I discovered, and the reason why I'll never do month one for two months again, is I would, I would pretty much always be doing deadlifts and squats for month one. But I didn't realize that if you're not doing single leg training, you can really develop some imbalances, some pretty severe imbalances. And that's exactly what happened to me. I developed imbalances because, you know, if you're doing a squat, one side kind of takes over more than the other at times. And that just became worse and worse and worse as I did it and tried to push for more weight. So I ended up developing, again, some some bad imbalances that were leading to a lot of knee pain and, and different issues. And so I realized, oh, man, I, I'm definitely not going to do that. Or if I did do that month again, I would definitely include more single leg training mixed in with the squats. So for this one, we're doing a Bulgarian split squat hold and into a regular barbell squat for our superset. However, I'm going to be honest, once again, didn't think this was super practical just because, again, it's, it's tough enough to get a squat rack at my gym and then to have to like pull a bench over and then do the, you know, and then grab really heavy because you can do, you know, pretty heavy weights with a Bulgarian split squat and then hold that and then go do a squat. And then it, I just never seemed to really able to get both of those equipment. And it just seemed really inconvenient to try to pull, you know, whatever squat rack I could get. Sometimes it's on the other side of the gym. I have to haul a, a bench all the way over there just to do the hold or I'd have to do it there and then run back over and then squat. And then, but then if I was away from my squat machine, then someone's going to probably take that squat machine because no one's using it. So just again, if you have your own gym practical, if you are at the gym, not as practical. So I pretty much just skipped the barbell squat portion here. And I just did five straight sets of Bulgarian split squat. Again, the first two sets I would perform till failure. And then the three other sets I would perform with a isometric hold. So I would do the, you know, the eight reps hold and that contracted state for as long as I could, yada, yada, yada. Then I would move on to do my five sets of my dumbbell alternating reverse lunges. Again, six, nine reps, minute rest in between. The quads finishers, not going to lie. I, I didn't, I did. I Sometimes I did them. Sometimes I didn't just depends on how much time I had that day or how I was feeling, if I wanted to get in some extra ab work or not. So this one is called liquid legs. And so you do basically do goblet squats and wall sits and you kind of go back and forth between the two. So I did that one or two of the days. But sometimes again, it was just leg day already takes a lot out of me. So I wasn't always in a super, you know, happy mood to do that. And once again, the hamstrings, he has the physio ball glute ham raise. And again, he, I've never found this really works very well because all the benches, at least in my gym, don't have a, just a flat way to anchor your ankles down. And so anytime I've ever performed these, they've always been really, really uncomfortable because there's just no good spot in the gym that has this perfect straight bar that I can fit the back of my ankles underneath to then be able to fall forward and then lift myself back up, you know, contracting my glutes and hams. So... I never really did that, honestly. I just basically did the the barbell hip thrust. Usually, he does it, he's showing it here on the ground, but I think you get way better range of motion and just a better contraction if your upper back is on a bench 
you can just go way deeper and then get a great contraction at the end. So I just did basically, again, five sets of barbell hip thrusts, three of them being the eight reps with the hold. And then I would do five sets of stiff-legged deadlifts, which, again, they're very different than regular deadlifts and way less enjoyable, way less enjoyable. With the stiff leg, essentially, you're just slightly bending the knees and then going down. And, and again, because you're not doing a full squat like you would on a regular deadlift, you once you get about past your knees, if you're not and you're not letting your knees bend anymore than that initial just slight bend, then you run out of range and your body just goes, oh, nope, we can't go any farther down. You're going to have to squat fully if you want to get farther down and you're not supposed to do that. You keep your legs stiff with just a tiny bend and then you come up, contract to the top. So again, five sets of that, six, nine reps, minute rest in between. Uh, those definitely target the hamstrings and the glutes a lot more than the deadlift. I will admit that you will be sore in your hams and glutes after doing the stiff leg deadlifts for sure. But they're definitely not as enjoyable. You can't use as much weight and they're a bit awkward at times, kind of hard to get used to. But I won't I will not deny that they are effective. So again, I kind of a lot of times would skip the finishers on these because my I was already freaking exhausted from doing the other stuff. So he has like a kettlebell swing and bridge holds that you can do. And I would do that sometimes, but for the most part, I just was like, I'm good. I'm good there. Again, take a rest day. However, I wouldn't always get a rest day. It just depended on what days I had moving jobs and other work and when I could squeeze it in. So it didn't, sometimes I just went straight to shoulders the next day. Sometimes I had the rest day kind of varied. I had to switch it up a lot week to week. Shoulders and upper back, probably one of my favorite days of this one, for sure. All right, so we start off with the superset of the dumbbell scaptions. Once again, go to my Instagram. I do a video breakdown on the dumbbell scaptions and why they're you know great for your shoulders and shoulder health. So again, I'm performing it. Six, nine reps to failure. Then I'm immediately supersetting that with the dumbbell overhead shoulder press. So again, month one, we had the barbell shoulder press. And I'm not going to lie, I actually prefer the barbell shoulder press a lot more. There's something about it. I just, it feels better. It seems like I can get more consistent motion. Uh, The overhead shoulder press just takes a little bit more. There's a little bit more dynamics involved in the different muscle groups because you're kind of having to stabilize. And sometimes you can kind of accidentally, you know, make your shoulders go back too far when you press up, which you don't want to do. You always want to keep those shoulders in about 45 degrees to be in the scapular range for your shoulders. And so there's a little bit more mechanics involved with the freedom of the weights that kind of have their own pros and cons. There's more freedom, but then also more room to sort of make mistakes. So uh, again, I think I like the difference between that and the barbell, but I definitely prefer the barbell better. All right, then we're doing the overhead press again with the isometric hold at the contracted position, eight reps. Again, same kind of standard formula for a lot of these. Then the dumbbell or barbell clean and press for, again, five sets, one minute rest in between. So this actually worked a little bit of your hamstrings and a little bit of your quads having to clean up the dumbbells and then press them up. But you did get to use a lot more weight on the dumbbells at this point because you're getting the extra boost from the the leg movement to get the weights initially up. So you're getting a lot more eccentric on the way down. So it does allow you to kind of push more weight. And I have a video on my Instagram coming up on that pretty soon. Then we had some shoulder finishers, some side laterals with some shoulder presses, kind of working your way up and down the rack for a round. Uh, Always enjoyed doing the extra shoulder finishers. 
And I, yeah, I'm trying to experiment with different shoulder finishers because I'm, I'm looking to get those Giannis onto the Kumpo shoulders. So I'm definitely always trying to include some side delt action. I think that's when you look at his shoulder workouts, a lot of them, again, the front delt is getting hit a ton. Uh, again, he's a big proponent. We're about to hit the rear delt a ton here with the upper back and traps. But that mid delt sometimes gets overlooked. He usually includes it in the finishers. But I try to always dedicate at least a couple sets after just to my medial the medial head because that's what gives you the shoulder width on the shoulder. So I, I, I add on to that a little bit with specific specific work for the medial because I don't think it gets enough enough love in Jeff's workouts. All right, moving on to upper back and traps. Again, we're supersetting. Barbell shrugs, 6-9 reps. We're immediately supersetting with a face pull, either using the um, – you do want to do it one of two ways. You can use a band and anchor it to something, or what I like to do is – and I don't get this very often because it's, it's tough to get two separate ropes, but I'll connect two ropes to one of the cables to where I can get a really long pull and a really great range of motion. But again, most of the time, at least one of the ropes is being used, so I don't get to do it super often. So a lot of times I'll end up just using a band, whatnot. So again, we're we're taking our two-minute rest. Then we're doing a face pull, again, with same thing, isometric hold in that contracted state, eight reps. Hold as long as you can. Minute and a half rest in between those. Then we finish it off with his standard dumbbell high pulls. Once again, if you want to go to my Instagram, I did a video on dumbbell high pulls. And essentially they are... Upright rows just with external rotation because you, do, you don't want to do upright rows without external rotation. You're just asking for a shoulder injury. Again, internal rotation with elevation equals shoulder impingement. So the high pull, you're bringing it up as an upright row once you get to your, about your pec level. And then you're bringing it up and you're actually having your palms face out again out in front of you, thus creating the external rotation you need to protect your shoulders. So highly recommend that you do that. Uh, the Inferno Crossfire upper back finisher involves some overhead trap raises with a weight, some band pull-aparts, and some shrug and holds. I, I've i noticed what's been working best to keep my shoulders from hurting. I will do basically with a pretty heavy band, right? Because you got to be able to, you know, fail around the 8 to, you know, 6 to 10 range. So I'll do band pull-aparts where my palms are facing up. And I'm just pulling the band apart and then squeezing my upper back at the end. I'll do at least a set of those. I'll do a set where I come from high. I'll come from high to low, thus working the lower traps a little bit more. And I'll usually do at least a set of those with a heavy band. And then I'll add in my my neck exercises to strengthen my neck. So that way my I don't have that nerd neck to where my neck's, you know, really far down and kind of pulling on my traps. I noticed that if I'm not consistent with my neck work, I know it sounds weird, right? You're doing neck work, right? For me, it's actually key to keep my shoulders healthy because when my neck is gets weak, then it protrudes out in that nerd neck and then it puts a lot of stretch on the traps. My traps are almost always hurting because they're put on stretch because the head, again, your trap connects to sort of the midway point in your neck. And so if your neck is not upright, and super far out, well, that's going to stretch, put those traps on a constant stretch. So key for me is keeping my neck upright to keep my traps from just being always stretched out and then always hurting, and then leading to then the shoulder pain. So definitely want to do that. All right, moving on to the back and biceps. 
one of my favorite days. Oh, love the back and biceps. All right, we are going to be on the uh, pull down machine for most of this. So we got the straight arm push down, which is a little different. So my hands are out in front of me, and my grip is closer. And I'm going to, without bending my arms at all, I'm just going to bring that bar straight down all the way to my legs. And you do feel a great contraction in the lats when you do this. So again, we're supersetting with a regular lat pull down. Again, we're doing that twice, two minute rest in between. Then we're going back to the regular lat pull down again with the isometric hold for eight reps. And then again, minute 30 in between. And then we finish it off with one of his standard, the barbell row where we're going five sets, minute rest in between the standard that we've been doing. And on this one, I tried to include a lot more. I tried to go a little bit, have a little bit more momentum to then get more of an eccentric load so I could do a little bit heavier. But for those who don't know the barbell row, you're basically standing, knees bent, arms straight out, locked in front of you, a little bit wider than shoulder width. And you're basically just bringing that weight, keeping your shoulders tucked, bringing that weight to about in between your belly button and your pecs to basically and try to squeeze the lats together, squeeze the upper back together. The lower back is also getting worked here as well, along with the biceps are getting some work. So great. Bar I love the barbell rows. Love doing those. Then we have a little bit of a alphabet arson is what it's called. So we're, our chest is on a a ball, a what do you call it? I'm blanking on names right now. On the, the exercise ball thingy. And we have weights, and we're actually making a Y shape, bringing those weights up as far back as we can. We're making a T shape where they're out in front of me, or they're out directly to the sides. And then we're also going to bring them back to where my they're actually by our kind of our knees and behind us. And we're going to kind of almost like an inverted tricep kickback. We're going to bring that back. And then we're going to do some hyper extensions, which basically no weights, just lifting the back up, getting some lower back work for a back finisher. All right, moving on to the biceps. We got spider curls. All right, so we're on an incline bench and our chest is on the incline bench. Our, our head is facing, looking at the ground. We have our arms out in front of us with dumbbells and we are curling those to our shoulders. This is great. This, this your, your bicep has three different sort of ranges of motion that it does. And so this is one of them is extending all the way when you lift your elbow up that your bicep is involved in that process. And so this, the spider curl really works that range of motion specifically where the elbows are coming up. Then again, we're going to superset that with a straight bar curl. This one, we're putting the weights together almost as if we had a barbell, but we're just using the dumbbells and we're just doing again, and we're doing curls. This really sort of exaggerates sort of the outside portion of the bicep. Basically whatever part of the bicep is most visible is the one that's getting worked when doing any sort of bicep work. So this is sort of basically, I forget, it's, I forget which head it is, but it's the, most outer head of the bicep is being worked more during a straight bar curl. All right, then we're moving on to straight bar curls again, isometric hold, and then finish it off with five sets of hammer curls, one minute rest in between. Again, with the hammers, we're getting a lot more of the brachialis and the form involved to help up help those bicep muscles get a little extra work. Biceps finisher, hang them, bang them, or burn them. We're doing stand-in dumbbell curls. And then we are, same thing before, we're actually doing a set till failure, taking a quick break. Then we're doing 
one and a half times the reps, but we're never setting those weights down. We're always holding those in our hands in between. So if I only get uh, five reps, I'm just holding those weights by my side. My forearms are burning. And then I try to bust out a couple more and then I hold them there and my forearms are still burning. And again, you try to get to one and a half times the reps that you did. So now we have the full body day, which again, I've been pretty bad about actually doing. And usually for the most part, these involve, you know, doing things like burpees, doing things like running on the track, doing different body weight movements. That's kind of what most of them are. But again, I have been kind of slacking on those. But I do also do a lot of, you know, I, I every Friday night I'm at Stoney's dancing for a couple hours. I'm, I just joined a soccer league on, on, on Sundays. I play sports during the week. So I feel like I'm getting a lot of that kind of work where if, if you're, if you're not getting that kind of work, then yeah, you definitely want to do those to get the extra, just kind of more functional running movements and burpees and body weight stuff. But if you're like me and you're already kind of getting enough of that, then you probably don't necessarily have to, but that's basically how the month plays out. Everything's pretty much the same. The only thing that ever really changes are the finishers. And for example, let's go to you know week two of chest and triceps. Now, after the superset, the two sets of the superset, now we're switching that. Now, instead of doing the incline, now we're doing the floor fly for the three sets. That's pretty much the only thing that's that those that flip flops. Right. Other than that, everything else pretty much stays the same. So doing this for a month absolutely love it can't wait to start another month of it I feel like i'm seeing great results i just i'm enjoying the way that i feel i feel like my shoulders feel really really good and healthy uh, my knee is feeling really good as well doing the single leg training as opposed to what i was doing i'm you know excited to go back to more squatting and regular deadlifting but i think it's been good to have a break from it and just realize the importance of single leg training and i'm doing a lot of work just on working my glute medius pretty much every day, some sort of glute medius and max work to really help my knee out because your knee is a hinge joint. And so it's basically at the mercy of what's happening in your hip, typically the glute medius and what's happening at the calf and the ankle and the foot, right? And I have like a flatter left foot that I'm working on. So I've been doing a lot of things to try to work out that, you know, get that, that muscle and the arch to fire a little bit more. And then also just doing a lot of glute medius work just to make sure that uh, those are primed and fired and keeping me stable when I walk. So super, super, super important. I'll probably do more videos and more stuff on specifically the glute medius and the importance of the glute mat and how to kind of work that out if you're having knee pain and a lot of people have knee pain. So a lot of it kind of stems from, again, it's a hinge joint. Your pain in your knee, unless you tear your ACL, the pain is not coming from your knee. The problem is not in your, the pain's coming from your knee. The problem is not in your knee. It's somewhere below or above. So I'll do more videos on that in the future. But that's pretty much all I got for you guys. That was that was month two. And I'm looking forward to doing another month here. And then we'll start on month three. Real excited. I feel like my results. I love where I'm at right now. I feel great. I look great. I'm a little bit of a bulk right now. So I've lost a little bit of my leanness, but I'm okay with that because I want to just build up a good solid muscle base before going on a cut again to where I'll reveal a little bit more of that definition. So I had to kind of come to grips with that the other day where I wasn't, you know, building muscle the way I wanted to. And I, I realized like, ah, I just have to eat more and I'm going to have to sacrifice some leanness because you do gain a little bit of body fat when you put on new muscle. So I'm doing a lean bulk. So I'm not, you know, doing a heavy bulk by any means, but so I should be able to keep some leanness, but I will lose some. And again, that's just, that's what you got to do. If you want to build muscle, 
it's uh, has this has this costs in certain ways and so but once i lean down again i'll be looking even even better so guys thanks for listening to this podcast again if you haven't already make sure to follow this podcast and turn on your notifications so you never miss one right now again it's been a i've been very 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 busy lately and exhausted with the these different jobs I'm doing. So I'm, I've kind of done less podcasts recently. I'm going to try to at least have a minimum of one, one every Monday, have a podcast. So at least stay tuned for the Monday podcast. Again, if I can eke out a second one during the week, then I will try to do that. But for sure, Mondays, I'll try to have a pod out every single week and then we'll see what happens in the future. If I can, uh, I'm, I'm investing a lot in crypto, but just bought some more Bitcoin the other day. Also bought a, a, uh, there's actually some really cool credit cards, crypto credit cards, where you get really good percentages back on crypto rewards. So I've been doing a lot of research on that. So hopefully, hopefully once the crypto market picks up again here soon, uh, I might have a little extra passive income coming in and then I can have a little bit more time to make some pods for you guys. So that is the plan going forward. As always, guys, thank you for listening. And I want to end it off here with what I think is going to be my slogan now for the, for the, till the end here because i think it's the focus of my channel my youtube channel my podcast is eat real right i'm all about nutrition on this channel i know i do exercise science and other things but at the end of the day eating real eating real foods not chemically engineered foods not foods that have all these stupid chemicals and all these just crap crap in it that it just affects your body terribly eat real today and i'm gonna have some shirts coming out as well that you can purchase that has say eat real next level health because I, I just think we if we just all ate real foods man it would just make such a difference in our overall health our sickness levels and everything else we'd have more energy to even want to work out right half the battle of working out is just having the energy to do it and if you're not eating well you're just you're not going to want to you're not going to want to put in that put in that effort because your fuel is not fueling you to to be able to do these kind of things so have a good one guys Eat real today.